Hi, I'm Christy Demers Kroll from St. Petersburg, Florida. I gotta say, I love your show. It's getting me through quarantine. And another quarantine tip I'd like to share with you is to get through without a pedicure at night before bed. Take your well-washed and exfoliated feet, coat them with petroleum jelly, put on socks, go to bed, and voila, in the morning, your feet will be nice and moisturized, but you're on your own for the polish. Bye. I'm Shireen Marisol Meraji, and this is NPR's Life Kit. I'm having more conversations about running these days than I've ever had before. People in my life are either talking about how running is the only thing keeping them sane, or they're smack-talking runners who aren't wearing masks and getting too close for comfort. It's strange that I've spent so much time discussing a thing that is so not my thing. But my guest today says he has a spiel that will get most people, even someone like me, to go for a jog, and not just one, many. His running philosophy involves the letter G, start gradually, set goals, and find a group to run with. I know you're like, how am I supposed to do the last thing right now? Keep listening because my guest has all the answers. His name is Peter Sagel, and he wrote a book about running, but you may know him as the host of NPR's news quiz, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Peter, I'm so excited to meet you. Longtime listener. First time caller. Excited to meet you, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shireen in a car phone, you're next. I hear you have a whole spiel about why people should start running. I have lots of spiels, but that's my favorite. <laughs> Is it? Sell me on this torturous activity. I challenge you because I absolutely abhor running. Yeah, a lot of people do. Um, <laughs> many of us were brought up to believe that running was punishment. Oh, definitely. All right, guys, give me two laps. Yes. And we have learned or at least internalized, that running is this terrible, boring thing that we're forced to do. None of those things are should be true. It should be possible that we can just be in our bodies in that moment and just pursue that activity. Hmm. We live these days in a way that is really strange, Yeah. evolutionarily speaking. We spend most of our days with other people's thoughts in our brains. We look at screens, mm. we listen to podcasts, and it's gotten to the point, I don't know if you've done this, but sometimes, I mean, we can't bear, it seems, an extended period of time without somebody else's input. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And if there's one thing that we, I think, need is a chance to go outside, get out of our heads, into our bodies, move, and just let our own thoughts have a say. So if, if that spiel worked for the people out there who are listening right now, maybe they're like me and they've noticed that all you fancy runner types also have fancy belts that you can put baby water bottles in and you have this reflective gear and you have expensive running shoes. So if that spiel worked on them and they're going to do this, are they going to have to spend a bunch of money on gear to get started? No! This is another great thing about running. You don't need specialized equipment. You don't need a hockey stick. You don't need a class. You don't even need to listen to me or read a book like the one I wrote about how to do it. You were born ready to do it. All you need is clothes appropriate for where you are mm -hmm. and the weather. 
Uh, you need good shoes, but they don't have to be specialized running shoes. They can be sneakers. They can be gym shoes. Hmm. They can be any shoe that is comfortable, flexible, and tight on your feet so that your feet don't slide around in them. That's it. And that's enough to get you started. Yes, uh, some of the stuff that we runners spend our money on is worth it, but there's nothing keeping you from doing it. Just go out and run. Okay, so you've got your shoes on and they are comfortable. Yep. But they're not loose. They're nice yep. and tight and comfy. Uh, not loose, yeah. L loose shoes will give you blisters. Don't do that. Okay, so you're ready to go. Um, okay, now what? Where do you start uh -huh. if you haven't run in a very, very long time? This is very important. You have to start gradually, and you have to set goals for yourself. Mm -hmm. Gradually means that you have to give yourself enough of a challenge so that you can feel good about meeting it and that it will give you benefit because we all know we need a little strain on our system to improve it, mm -hmm. our heart, our lungs, our muscles, mm -hmm. but not so difficult that it's miserable and you fail. There's a saying from you know bodybuilding and weightlifting, you know, train to failure. Don't do that because <laughs> all you'll learn is how to fail. And, and what there are a lot of, uh, I don't know how many, infinite numbers of plans online that go under the generic name Couch to 10K or Couch yes, to 5K. Yes, I've seen uh, that. Just as long as it's a reputable site and weren't trying to sell you anything, take a look. And what you'll find is they'll say, okay, you're indolent, you haven't run in a long time, you're not in great shape, this is how you get started. And what it will do is it'll set out goals every day or every other day, and each goal will be a little bit harder but each goal will give you something to shoot for. Like today, I'm going to walk, run for 20 minutes. I'm going to walk a block, run a block, walk a block, run a block. And then you're going to go out and you're going to do it the next day or the day after. You're going to do a similar thing, maybe a little bit harder. And the first couple of weeks are going to be difficult. You're not used to this. But here's the promise. You will improve faster than you ever thought it was possible. Really? Yeah, you really will. <laughs> I, Peter, can can I interrupt you for two seconds? Because yep. I always get stuck on that first run. I'm so incredibly sore after that initial run that I just lose the will to get back out there. And Well, what is a typical first run for you? I have a little trail over here by my house. Yeah. And it's about, it's not even two miles. Okay. And so this is what I do. I do this all the time. Like every six months, I'm like, I'm going to start running. Let's, we're going to do this. I'll take that two miles. Two miles, I will not be able to walk for like three days after, and then I never go back out there again. Or I go back out there six months later, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this right. again. Miserable. So, do you do you try to run the entire two miles out and then two miles back? Of course I do, Peter. Well, you are <laughs> my great counterexample. Don't be like Shireen. Walking is failure. That's how I feel. No, wrong, wrong. You know what? Fa if you want to define failure. Define failure is giving up after one try. So you don't say to yourself, oh, I'm going to go try to um, run four yeah. miles. And if I fail at this, I'm going to be upset with myself and tell myself this is something I can't do and say this sucks. No, you just guaranteed that you're going to fail. So instead, take it piece by piece. You don't have to run the whole two miles and back. Run out half a mile. Mm. Run back. Run walk half a mile. When you finish your first workout and the subsequent workouts, your, your runs, they should have felt difficult. You put strain, you had to put effort in, you had to think about it, you had to like, there were, there were moments there where you had to say, okay, just two more seconds, I can get through this. But they should have been doable. Okay. And that's, by the way, a segue into my second G, which is goal. Now for running, it could be a lot of things. My usual advice is that 5K. 
when I said couch to 5K, 5K means five kilometers. I'm going to get out every day. I'm going to use this program. I'm going to train every day because every day I'm going to think to myself, I'm not just running to punish myself. I'm running to get better. And I'm going to run five kilometers. That's 3.1 miles without stopping, which is something that right now I can't do. You're going to go out and you're going to achieve that goal. And it's going to make you feel great. Well, what's the last G in your in your lineup? So we got gradual, we got goals. We got goals and we have group. This is in normal circumstances. This is a wonderful thing to do either with friends you already have. You say, hey, you and I are at the same place in our lives. We need to achieve the same things. Let's run a 5K together. Or even better, again, during normal times, you call up your local running store mm-hmm. or your local running group. Google name of your town, region, county running group. Uh, they're very welcoming. Nobody will judge you. You'll find that people, there'll be people at your level, uh, even better people just above your level. So they inspire you to keep up with them. Is there a way to do that virtually since we're, you know, social distancing right now and not living in, a, in normal times? I know a lot of running groups are, are meeting virtually and talking about their runs. They're setting goals together. Some running groups, uh, Runners World just did a big article in which they're meeting like a runners group. We can't meet to run together, but we can certainly meet to do a body weight exercise. Let's all meet together ah, and we'll work out in our basements, got it. Uh, et cetera. Certainly, I think that you can use the same... I guess, substitutes for actual social interaction that we're all using these days, Zoom meetings, phone bridges, whatever, to connect with people. Like, again, uh, you, Shireen, if you decide you want to do this and you have a friend who's similar, you can say, okay, uh, we're going to run together separately. Uh, On Tuesday, you and I are both going to go out and run two miles, whatever, and we'll check Mm -hmm. in at 10 a.m. and compare notes. And maybe that's a way Mm -hmm. of getting some of that benefit. In the times we're living in now, these COVID-19 coronavirus days, what do they need to know when they go out there? How should they protect themselves and others? In general, it seems to be that nationwide the following things are true. That exercise is accepted as an essential activity. You're allowed to go outside, walk, uh, in some cases ride your bike, and certainly run. However, there are certain rules. The CDC is uh, recommending that people wear face masks whenever they go out in public spaces. And if you can run in a face mask, uh, that's great. Hey, Shireen, breaking in here with a quick note. Make sure to check your county or state rules about whether it's required or recommended to wear a face covering in public. Recommendations and requirements are changing quickly. Try to treat every other person as if their immune system is suppressed and that you're a carrier. And so just make sure you give every other person you possibly can as much space as you can so that that person does not have a thing to worry about. What do people gain from running that is not just physical strength? Well, obviously there is physical benefits. But beyond the obvious, one of the things that I have found is that they call running, swimming, biking, endurance sports for a reason. And that you learn to endure. You learn things like If you don't worry about all the miles you have to run and you just think about the mile you're in and what you need to get through that mile and you do that again and again, eventually you'll have run all the miles that you had to run. Hmm. That if you learn that discomfort is not a reason to stop, but a reason to focus and think and try to either go through it or relieve it through changing your ways, then all of a sudden discomfort and difficulty isn't as frightening. Yeah. And basically you learn a lot about yourself, that you can accomplish things that you have been taught and trained 
and allowed yourself to believe are beyond the capability of someone like yourself. That was really inspiring. That's why I'm here. Even for someone like me who is very skeptical about running. So thank you for that, Peter. My pleasure. All right, before we go, um, I want to do something with you, and I hope that you're game. Okay. Are you down to play a game I'm calling Bluff the Guest? Sure, do it. Okay, good. All right, here we go. I'm going to read you three quotes, and you're going to have to guess which one is from the world-famous long-distance runner, Haile Gebrselassie from Mm -hmm. Ethiopia. Are you familiar with Haile? I am one of the greatest runners to ever live. Awesome. Okay, quote number one. Who knew something that made me feel so good would also make me famous? Quote number two. When I wake up at five in the morning, is it just to jog? Definitely not. I give it all of my effort. Quote number three. I actually wanted to be a footballer, but I was no good. So I run now. I won't lie. It's not nearly as fun. All right, Peter, those are three quotes. um, And one of them belongs to two-time Olympic gold medalist and long-distance runner, Haile Gebrselassie from Ethiopia. Which one was his quote? All right, and, and and you're not. This isn't a trick question. Like they're not all three of them. Nope, his nope, quotes, no, 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 no. Right? I wouldn't do that I to you. I could hear him say any of them. All right, all right, all right. Because I do that to people all the time. Just so you know. <laughs> so I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it beyond anybody else. The first one is the one I want to be true. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But the third one could also be true. I could. Yep. I could easily see that becoming a famous quote. But because I'm in an optimistic and encouraging mood, I'm going to go for number one. Number one. Who knew something that made me feel so good would also make me famous? You are wrong, Peter. Oh, you see, that's what I get from being too optimistic. (laughs) So it's number two, when I wake up at five in the morning, is it just to jog? Definitely not. I give it all of my effort. Yeah, I I could easily hear him saying that. Hailey's not playing. No, none of those guys are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Peter. This was really fun. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. For more episodes of NPR's Life Kit, go to npr.org slash life kit. We have episodes on all sorts of topics from how to manage anxiety to how to start a garden. If you love Life Kit and want more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash life kit newsletter. Also, we want to hear your tips. What are you doing to cope right now? Leave us a voicemail at 202-216-9823 or email us at lifekit at npr.org. This episode was produced by Claire Schneider, Megan Kane is the managing producer, and Beth Donovan is our senior editor. I'm Shireen Marisol Maraji. Thanks for listening.